many of you know, I, I love watching the Discovery Channel and TLC and uh, the National Geographic Channel. And uh, on the National Geographic Channel, there's a show called uh, Doomsday Preppers. Has anyone seen that? A few people have seen that? Carrie's waving. I know she prepares for our Doomsday, right? <laughs> so uh, there's a show called Doomsday Preppers. I have, I've just watched one episode. And this show is basically about, it shows families that prepare for like a doomsday scenario. So what they do, like these families, they, they build bunkers and they build like water systems and they, and they stockpile on guns and weapons and, and food and water just in case there's a doomsday, uh, whether through a natural disaster or war or something like that. And um, the show rates them based on how well they might be able to survive in different categories. And it's kind of extreme, because even the children, they train the children in all these drills on what to do and how to, how to prepare, like how to use guns. And, and if their bunker is taken over by the enemy, they have to end up um, going into the woods and meeting up with other survivors. So it's kind of like the Hunger Games in real life. So, um, you know, now, now that's a little bit on the extreme side. And you could save all these physical resources for a scenario like that. But if we're not prepared uh, mentally and psychologically, we'll, we'll lose ground, no matter how many resources we have, right? And um, even though, you know, realistically, right now we're not in a state of war, you know, at least in this country, we're, you know, we're in a time of peace. But in many ways, people's worlds are crumbling around them, uh, all, including all of us in different ways. Maybe it's, it's through a tragic loss, maybe it's through illness or, or uh, losing a job and, and different things like that. And for us Americans, you know, forget the serious issues for a minute. It's even the small issues that, that make our world crumble, uh, like disagreements we have with people, uh, misunderstandings, and uh, things like that. So even though it's so important to be physically and mentally prepared for life, how much more so is it important to be spiritually prepared, to be living, and to be living on mission? How do we stay grounded, and how do we stay prepared in life as believers? And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. This summer, uh, one of the themes that we have is we're going to really focus on prayer, right? We know that Rob mentioned that uh, last week. Prayer is really important because... Prayer is the only thing that sets us apart as believers. Uh, if we are a community of believers that's centered on a lifestyle of prayer, it's the only thing that sets us apart, being living with a lifestyle of prayer. So last week, we looked at... Um, who can tell me who we looked at last week? Which character in the Bible? Daniel, right? So we looked at Daniel. Uh, Daniel was a servant an administrative servant in, uh, in, in the land of exile, right? And he was a man of prayer. So today we're going to look at another man of prayer, and his name is David, King David. And I'm sure a lot of you know about King David, but just to give you some background, uh, just to paint the picture, the people of Israel for hundreds of years, they were in Egypt, right? They were in Egypt, uh, Moses brought them to the promised land. And after many years, they wanted to 
they wanted to have their own king, right? They wanted to have their own king, just like all the other countries around them. So God gave them the king. Uh, the first king was named uh, Saul, right? And Saul wasn't such a great king, so then God brought who? David, right? So God brought King David. Now, back in those days, uh, we see like, you know, in the story of Daniel, kings were considered almost at the level, or pretty much at the level of gods. Like, you would have to worship uh, the king as God. Like, the King Darius, he wanted to be worshipped as God. But in Israel, things were a little different. Uh, David said, you know what, I'm king, but I'm not the, the king of kings. I'm not God. God's the one to be worshipped. So he was, a, he was, even though he was a king in those days, he was a man of, um, man of humility. Because as a king, in, in the royalty and everything that he had, he humbled himself to God, for God to be worshipped. And uh, as we know, uh, David wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible, right? Psalms is another word for song or prayers through, through song. So when, when we read uh, the Psalms and we take a look at them, take a deeper look at them, we, we catch a glimpse of the depth of, of David's prayer life, the, the, the depth and the intimacy with God. And uh, that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to take a look at, at the depth of David's prayer life to the, through the Psalms. So if you have your Bibles with you, and you can look up on, on the screen, uh, we're going to turn to Psalms chapter 27. Psalm 27. It's, a, uh, it's not too long, but I'm going to read it. And as I read it, what I want you to do is, is pretend that, that this is David uh, in his room sitting there praying to God. So, so really try to picture what it's like for David praying, praying the psalm uh, between him and God. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head up high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence, yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, 
wait patiently for the Lord. So here in Psalm 27, uh, it's a very unique psalm, very one of, common, one of David's common psalms. We really get to see some of the themes that should be in our life of prayer. And we're going to look at that. The first is the theme of salvation. You know, David, he was a king, but he was also a warrior king. Throughout most of David's life, he, he was fighting in battles. And, and matter of fact, he, for many, many times he was on the front lines of battle. So he was constantly in a state of war, trying to uh, protect the, the nation of Israel from, from invading armies. And since he was the king, he was the number one target. You know, the best way to, to destroy a military or a country is to take, take down the leader. So he was the number one target. People were trying to kill him. Those that were even in his army, those were people close to him in, and, and people from the outside. So David constantly was in a state of prayer because he needed the God of salvation to come and save him. You know, we as believers, we constantly need to be in a state of prayer because we constantly come to prayer because we need salvation. We need saving from sin. We know Jesus died on the cross for our sin and has been resurrected and we have a new life with him. We need saving from, from our, our, our death and sin and, and our present dilemmas and conditions that we're going through. Another theme we see in prayer is that David remembers. He remembers who his God is and he remembers how mighty his God is. He, he says, okay, my enemies are down here, but God is all-powerful and, and he's almighty. And when we do that, we can remember how mighty our God is in light of all the conditions of this world and, and things that we face. Another thing we see, another theme we see is David's honesty in prayer. He's honest with God. He says in verse 9, don't turn your back on me. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. He shares with God things that are so private, so intimate, that he may not share with, with anyone else. Another theme we see is that David gets courage. He gets courage through prayer. In verse 14, he says, wait and be courageous. Throughout his prayer, it starts out low, but then it ends on a high note because he says, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to have courage because uh, God is someone that I can trust and he will meet me in my time of trial. And one more theme that we see is the theme of listening. Listening and two-way communication in prayer. I think one of the most uh, beautiful psalm, verses in Psalms is, is verse 8. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. God invites us to talk with him, to talk with him in prayer, in a two-way communication. When, he, when someone asks you to talk with them, it's signifying relationship. A relationship. You know, there's no other religion out there in the world where there's a God that comes to us and says, come and talk with me. It signifies intimacy. I'm a loving God. I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I remember when I asked 
Jody out for the first time. My, my, my voice was trembling, my, my heart was shaking. But I, I went up to her and said, can, can we talk? I want to talk with you. I want to get to know you. Do you hear God in your heart say, come talk, come talk with me? Do you hear God in your heart say, come talk with me? So we all receive the invitation to prayer, right? We all receive this, this invitation. And uh, we, we kind of get asked out, right? We get asked out by God. But it's up to us, it's up to us to have faith to accept that invitation, right? There's a risk involved. Uh, faith is the kickstarter to prayer because it's, it's our part. You know, we're, we're all human beings. We have free will. It's up to us to take that step of faith to join him in prayer. And you know what? God does the rest. He just asks for our faith, and he comes in and he does the rest. Uh, E.M. Bounds, uh, a famous uh, theologian who, who wrote on prayer and uh, someone that uh, the staff were kind of studying, said, only God can move mountains, but faith and prayer move God. Only God can move mountains, but faith and prayer move God. The church doesn't need intellectuals. They need men and women of prayer and faith to move God. So here we have faith, right? So we have faith is in the front end of the train. It's what you need to initiate prayer, right? So it's a kickstarter. It's on the front, front the engine of the train, all right? So on the back of the train, the front is faith. On the back of the train, we have trust, okay? And trust, what trust does, trust looks to receive the thing that was asked for in prayer. It receives what prayer acquires. Um, how many of you guys like watching football here? A couple of you guys? Okay. Um, I'm not a big fan of wa- I love playing sports, but I'm not a big fan of watching sports. But I love watching NFL documentaries uh, because whenever they show these documentaries, they're like in slow motion, right? Like all these things that happen really quickly, they slow them down. And, and they, 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 show these, they show these plays where the, where the wide receiver goes out and they, they, they slow down the speed so much that you see like the receivers running in slow motion. Then, then, then they, they leap like 10 feet into the air over like a hundred people underneath them, they extend their hand and they catch the ball in the tip of their hands and they tumble over and it's a touchdown, right? So trust is like being that wide receiver in prayer. You go out and you receive, you trust that the answer is going to come. And this is, not, this is not a Hail Mary pass, this is God's pass. It's always going to reach its destination. We don't know how it's going to come, what it's going to look like, or, or when it happens, but it's going to come. So David waited patiently for the Lord. He trusted. You know, in, in those days, um, war was very different than, than war today. You know, like today you could fire a missile and destroy something and, and, and uh, destroy a structure and no one gets hurt, whatever. In those days, war was like, gruesome. It was messy. David and his mighty men, they had, they, had, they had swords, they had javelins, they had spears, they had uh, 
probably machetes and axes and clubs. They had all these brutal weapons. And bows and arrows, right. So during battle, they would like slice people's abdomens open and their guts and their intestines would be flowing out. That, that's literally what it was like. That's exactly what it was like. So there was, a, there was like a 100% chance that David, a king, who was in battle as many times as he was, there was a 100% chance or 99.99% chance that he was going to get killed, right? If he was on the front lines of all these battles. But let me ask you a question. We, you know, we, we read through the Psalms, we hear David cry out to God to save his life. Let me ask you a question. How did David die? How did David finally die? Does anyone know? He died a natural death. He didn't die in battle, right? He didn't die in battle. He died a natural death. How did David stay persistent in prayer all that time? Verse 4 says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know, as, as human beings, uh, we have physical cravings. We have physical cravings. We have cravings for, for water, for oxygen, for food. We, you know, we, we need it. Um, for many of you that have babies or toddlers, uh, you know that when your baby or toddler doesn't receive the food or milk or, or whatever it is they need, uh, they start getting what? They start getting cranky, right? Their body needs it, but they don't know that they need it, so they just react. But a physical body needs physical food, physical things. When we are born again of the Spirit, when we are born again of God, we now are not just a physical being, but we become a spiritual being. And spiritual beings need spiritual things to, for their life. The moment we follow Jesus, we, we begin on an eternal life where we're now living through the power of the resurrection. So we need to be plugged in to God. We need to be plugged in to a new power socket, into prayer. And if we don't do that, we don't feel right. Something goes wrong. We can't express it. We don't know what's going on, but, but we just have to trust God on this. As spiritual beings, we need it. It's like going from a diesel car engine to an electric engine. We, something that we need. And when we do get plugged into God, it changes us. It changes the DNA of who we are. It changes our sin. It changes our heart issue. It changes our character. Right now, if, uh, if many of you have been, been watching the news, you see that, that there's a lot, of, a lot of war and lots of things going on in the world, right? Uh, in Syria, there's civil war. In Egypt, there's unrest and, and protesting and revolution. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of like military history and military documentaries. And uh, you guys may have all heard of like the Navy SEALs. You guys heard of that? So there, there are elite teams of armies, uh, squads, like the Navy SEALs, the Delta Force, the, the Green Berets. And they're stationed in different parts of the world, ready to go on their mission on a moment's notice. They just have to get a call from the president and say, hey, we need you to get on a plane in 45 minutes to go deal with that hostage situation or, or rescue situation. For David, for, for much of his life, he lived in a time of war. He always had to be ready. 
he always had to be vigilant so he could never stop praying and relying on God. He could never quit. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, I'll read that to you. Paul tells us a little bit about war. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirit in the heavenly places. You see, we can't afford to take a vacation from prayer. We must always be watchful. We must always be vigilant. We must always be prepared because there's too much at stake. We're not living in the Disney World consumerist life that the, that the media portrays to us. And because of the cross, we're on the winning team. If we move forward to verse 18, Paul says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We can never take a vacation from sin because we're faced on a daily basis with evil operating in the unseen realm through sickness, through suffering, through the occult, through greed, through destruction. And as I mentioned before, because we are on the winning team, because Jesus died for us and was resurrected, we have the privilege of carrying out his authority to bring the kingdom of God to earth and to make him known and to go on mission for him. So that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, we're going to send two people on a mission right now. So do I have two brave volunteers that we could potentially send on mission? Joe Chinesi, he's a troublemaker, but uh, he can be one. All right, what am I getting myself into? Okay, so we have Joe. Uh, anyone else? Maybe, maybe uh, a girl, just to balance things out, or anyone? Any ideas? Okay, Nicole, all right. How, how cute, how romantic. All right. <laughs> Supporting each other. Okay, so we're going to send you on a mission. I'm going to tell you what your mission is, okay? Thank you for accepting your mission. You're in for the adventure of your life. There will be excitement, thrill, and joy, but also pain, loss, injury, sacrifice, and suffering. You will have wonderful company of community, but there may be days of loneliness. You will have a responsibility to take care of those in need around you and love the unlovable like Jesus. The future may look crowded. You don't know where you're headed, but the Holy Spirit will guide you. All right? So um, don't worry. We're not going to just send them on the mission without anything. We, we got them some supplies. So um, the leadership team put together some, some, some supplies for you guys. Um, I'm going to give this one to, uh, to Nicole, and I'm going to give this one to uh, Joe. All right? So, uh, Joe, why don't you take a look at your supplies and let us know. You need to be prepared for your mission. So uh, why don't you um, open your supplies and show us what, what all we have and take them all out to see if you're prepared. Duff. Duff energy drink. All right, so you got Duff energy drink, okay. You can just leave it out here. You can put that in there. Whoopee cushion. You got a whoopee cushion, all right.
Okay. We got a whoopee cushion. What's that we got? We got mustaches. We got a mustache. Okay. All right, so we got a mustache. Let's see. Got, oh, got a lay. All right, that's good. Got a Slim Jim. And got a pinwheel. All right, good. Awesome, perfect. All right. Feeling good, ready to go? Okay. All right, now, uh, Nicole, let's take a look at uh, your supplies. Let's see, let's see what you have, how prepared you are it's in the big pocket. Yeah. Oh, and Swedish fish. It's a must. You, need to have, you always need to have Swedish fish. Got water? All right. Good. Let's see. Got a oh, first aid kit. Oh, that could be useful. Got a first aid kit. Got granola bars. Okay. Banana. Healthy, healthy snacks for the journey. Got a Bible. Oh, that's good. That always comes in, comes in handy. Yeah. Pepto-Bismol. You never know when you need that. Got soup. Got supplies. All right, good. Cool. Awesome. Got knives. Awesome. Good. All right, you could put it, you could, you could put it back in. We'll put the knife away. I don't, I, don't, I don't trust him with sharp objects. Okay. Good. All right, so how do you guys feel about your journey? Um, Joe, how do you feel? Do you feel prepared with, uh, with, with uh, all your supplies, with everything you, you have? I'm going with her, right? No. <laughs> no, you need to have enough for yourself. Oh, for myself? Yeah. My On a scale from 1 to 10, how prepared do you feel? Okay, so maybe that's like a one or two. So he's, he's kind of slightly prepared. How about you, Nicole? How, like, how prepared do you feel? Do you feel pretty, pre- feel pretty good? Okay. So from a one to ten, like, where, where would that be? Maybe like a seven or eight? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, thanks, guys. You guys can sit down. Good job. What's that? No, no, we want you to sit down. Go ahead. You, you did your job. Good. Leave that here. All right, perfect, thanks. So, so honestly, wh- which person was, was more prepared, uh, Joe or Nicole? Joe. Uh, you said Joe? No, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, okay, I thought someone said Joe. Nicole was the one that was more prepared. So who are you going to be in life on mission? Are you going to be the, the, the not prepared person, or are you going to be the person that's prepared? The person who has a lifestyle of prayer is one that's prepared for God's mission. When God calls you, you're ready for whatever he has in store for you. You're ready to move on a moment's notice, no matter what the situation is. When the world falls apart around you, the one who's prepared in prayer is the one that says that Jesus is my king and he's mighty to save The question I have for you is, are we going to be a community of prayer this summer? 
Let's be a community that, that's, that's always ready, that's always solid, that's always grounded. Because there's so much to do, there's so much to face, and we can't afford to lose any time. Jesus, we hear Jesus' voice in our hearts, and he says, come talk with me. Are we going to have the faith? Are we going to respond and say, Lord, I am coming? You know, Jesus came to earth and died on the cross and gave his life for us so that we could have a relationship with him, that we could walk with him, that we could talk with him, that we could be prepared for what he has in store for us. And that is what prayer is. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, and this is what you believe, we want to invite you to come forward to receive uh, his body and blood. Maybe you're here today and and, and you've never made a decision in faith or or not sure uh, where it's going. But if that's you, we just invite you to just remain at your seats and think about prayer. Think about some of the things that we talked about. So... All who follow Christ, we invite you to come forward to receive the body and blood.